lesson out there to any high school recruit coming out, right, about doing a documentary? Seriously, man. Uh, there's some kids that are, but uh, that that is a spotlight that you're really not prepared for. Nah, it's It puts you in the worst situation, man. I, I think people, especially – if you are the you know five star quarterback, everyone's yep. looking for a reason yep. to, and that's kind of society today. I sound like Mike Gundy saying that, but it is true. People are looking for a reason to rip on you, and he gave him reasons uh, to rip on him. Well, that's just some kid down in the basement, you know, <laughs> mom's computer. <laughs> that sounds just like you. <laughs> yeah, oh, God. that's tough. And just think about it. Radler is still answering questions about that that documentary or what TV show, whatever you want to call it, um, and probably will be for a long time. But I, I don't know. Maybe I'm too optimistic on Radler, but I probably shouldn't be because he's going to a inferiorly talented team in the SEC and I don't know what their schedule is we looked at it yeah I, I know it's they actually play not too bad you, was well it? you got to play Clemson in the non-con that's a tough ask there um oh, you, they, they gonna, also had another tough non-conference didn't they uh I don't, they, they play Arkansas in week two at Arkansas that's you know. so they they got a pretty tough draw from from the west too better stats next year Caleb Williams Spencer Radler um, Caleb Williams should. There is no reason Carl's Jr. shouldn't have more numbers than Spencer Rattler. So I'll I'll say him. Be just based on it's going to be pretty unacceptable if he doesn't. Yeah. But God, it would be so amazing if Spencer Rattler just rips him in terms of numbers this year. Yeah. I'd love it so much. Ooh, yeah. They've got. Oh man, the East has changed pretty rapidly, uh, and I know that that Florida is still down, but Florida even has some renewed enthusiasm there. It sounds like everyone's loving Billy Napier, and it's good and, hire. Yeah, it's good hire. So they're at Arkansas, as you said. They play Georgia in week three. So at Jeez. Arkansas and then Georgia, and then uh, they're at Kentucky, which that's you know, tough, man. That's tough. They got A&M at home, Missouri at Vandy, and then they end the season at Florida, Tennessee at home, at Clemson. Golly, man. <laughs> that is brutal. Yeah. So They probably have. Arkansas has the toughest schedule in the country. I bet, I bet South Carolina have a top three, top five toughest schedule next year if Clemson ends up being pretty good. You think – where has Arkansas been in people's preseason way too early? I've seen them anywhere from twenty to twenty-five to inside the top fifteen. I think that they're I think they're a legitimate top twenty program starting next season. So between Arkansas, Georgia, Kentucky's a top twenty-five, A and M will be a top twenty-five, Florida maybe, Tennessee will be. I mean Six or seven of the teams on their schedule are going to be top twenty-five. Some of them probably top ten. Well, that's no, yeah, and that's nothing new to them. They, they've been yep. dealing with that for a while now, and that's why it's so tough, man. If you get kind of down in the depths of the SEC, 
it's hard to really get out of it. I mean, it's in Ole Miss's case, you almost have to just flat out cheat to get out from underneath that because there's just so many good teams in front of you, so many good teams that are recruiting better than you on a year-in, year-out basis. It's always going to be tough for a team like South Carolina yeah. to, to really ever break through. And I, I know we've talked a lot about Texas this week, but Texas will always be able to get recruits, but I do fear for them that – they are going to get bogged down in that bottom level of the SEC and have a tough time getting back to you know, any sort of relevance. South Carolina is not competing with Alabama, Georgia, LSU, um, even like A&M and, and the, the SEC teams on the western side, not competing nearly as much with them. I, it's a race right now between – South Carolina, Kentucky, Tennessee, and I guess maybe throw Florida into that mix. If you don't get ahead of like two of those other schools, you're going to get left behind really quickly. Yeah. Well, think about that. If Kentucky, if Shane Beamer, and I don't know what his recruiting class was last year, but let's say this recruiting class, he ends up with the number 15 overall class. That would sound pretty good, right? South Carolina, you had the number 15 overall class. Mm -hmm. Hey, okay, top 15 class, we got some really good talent, let's go. Well, at number 15, guess what? That's still behind LSU. That's still going to be behind Florida, Georgia, Alabama, A&M, maybe even like an Arkansas or Ole Miss. You can have a top 15 recruiting class in the SEC and end up having the eighth best class in your own conference. Yeah, like That just illustrates just how... Just how tough it is. They last year the twenty two class, they ended number twenty six, um, just behind Ole Miss who was at twenty four, just ahead of Mississippi State and Arkansas who were twenty seven and twenty eight. So you're right. Twenty six is like for the Big Twelve. Like there's probably OU and maybe Texas are probably the only Big Twelve teams ahead of that. Yeah, but in the SEC. That is probably like number 12 <laughs> or, or something. That's wild. Uh, I'm going to read some updates from this assistant coach availability with the media today. Miguel Chavis says Thad Turnipseed is a, quote, boss who gets things done. Spoke uh, very highly of his ability to build programs. Called wow. him a boss. I like to hear that about Thad. Wow. Which, by the way, I counted it. South Carolina 26 recruiting class was the 11th ranked Jeez. class in the SEC. Man, that's nuts, <laughs> dude. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I'm interested to see what some of the the details and like how much how much turnip seed like let out like what he's trying to do and trying to accomplish, right? Like kind of what his mission is for this first year, first 18 months, and what he's trying to implement and. Uh, I'll be interested to see what all that what all that is. Uh, Miguel Chavis says he spent the previous five years in the Brent Venables School of Defense, kind of just waiting for his opportunity. He turned down other job offers for a chance like this, and that everything has been great so far at uh, Oklahoma. Yeah, yeah, he's. It seems like he's off to a decent start in recruiting. Um, I don't know. I I. Uh, He's, He's an up and he feels like a real up and comer on this staff. He does, especially recruiting wise. I he is. I know less about him than I do anyone else on the staff. I, he's just. I don't. I don't know. 
I don't know a whole lot about his his playing days, his coaching history. He's like the big unknown. Like we know with with Coach Bates, um, we've seen what Coach Valai has done and and kind of what where he's been, his track record. Still don't know a whole lot about him, but uh, Chavis is like kind of the big unknown. It feels like OU in this deal ended up getting the best parts, like the guys that have been there during the run, but also a combination of the young up-and-comers on the Clemson staff. Like they got the best parts of the Clemson staff outside Dabo. And another reason to make everyone feel good about this situation is, man, OU was replacing a coach. Like, think about this, man. Put this into perspective. OU was replacing a coach. And what they got was the best part of a staff that's had the best blueprint to beat the best team in the SEC that we've seen. I mean, who's had a better and more successful blueprint on beating SEC teams in the past 15 years than Clemson? Like, Ohio State's been a really good program, but they haven't beaten Alabama or Georgia on that big stage, right? Um, OU's been a really good program here recently. They haven't had near the success in those semifinal games against USC like Clemson has. So, And this is what the national media misses, is Clemson's had that success twice against Alabama, and no one else in a long time has had that type of success against them. You're getting the most valuable parts of maybe the most valuable piece of that staff now is, is now your head coach. What else could you ask for in a staff? Like who you're trying to beat, the league that you're trying to get into. Now you have the guy that has the blueprint right in his hands that's proven to work. I mean, God, that's a grand slam. Yeah. It it is. It's a grand slam. And, you know, they didn't beat AM, but like uh, your offensive, or not AM, Alabama. God, how could I confuse those two I, teams? I, I don't know. I know AM beat them last year, but come on now. That's worthy of a, of a slap. It, the reason I thought it is because I was like, Ole Miss didn't beat Alabama. That was, that was AM. But Ole Miss, like your offensive coordinator, didn't, didn't beat Alabama, but put up some numbers on them. That makes you feel pretty good, too. And really, that's what you're talking about if you're at Oklahoma. You're not trying to beat Texas and Kansas State and and Baylor. You are you are trying to beat those teams, but our real competition is how do we beat the one, two, three teams at the top? So I think we got a really good formula for it right now. Yeah. For a head coach that understands exactly what you're saying and knows how to get there, has done it before, that's it's it's a good situation. Yeah, well it's a great situation. We've got a we've got a staff set up to transition to the SEC. Let's just hope they get an opportunity to transition to the SEC. Like how long are we talking here? You know what I'm saying? I mean, at some point we need to not at some point. Very quickly, we need to get into that conference and start playing SEC football. It's, I mean, there is a little bit to, you know, let's let's sharpen our, our teeth here on some Big 12 opponents before we make that jump, but I, I, you got to get in and start playing with the big boys ASAP. Joe John Finley is about to get canceled. I guess this is his first formal press conference at a podium, mm-hmm. and he said, quote, I feel like LeBron James right now, 
end quote. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Well, yeah. Some LeBron haters around probably give him uh, some business for that one. Hmm. He's still a good old boy, too. You got to love Joe John. Yeah, I would the delivery on that. I feel like LeBron James probably, <laughs> sound a little bit different. Probably took forty five seconds. LeBron sipping uh, red wine at home. You don't think uh, Joe John's a red wine drinker? Mm. Get a little bit of a vibe, different vibe from him. Yeah, he's more of a bush light guy yeah. or something. Yeah, and that's probably. what we need on the staff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, that's interesting. I'm 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 really curious to see what all is said up there, and I know. It's probably not going to be a whole lot because even though this is a new staff and and it, there's a different feel and Coach Venables has been way more forthcoming in, in his availability than what we've seen with Lincoln, I still think there's, there's going to be a whole lot of a coach speak and maybe when it's all said and done, done not a whole lot of, of real information to gather other than – the guys have been working really hard this offseason. We're trying to get up to speed and, and those type of things. But there's got to be some nuggets in there, right? Yeah. Tell me if I'm looking way too hard into this. Probably. Yes. I mean, most of the time that's probably the case. Now, whereas I feel like everyone nationally is knocking the OU job and saying it's on the verge of being Nebraska – seeing as they're going into the SEC. and right. Well, clearly USC's a better job if Muleshoe's just going to up and leave OU for USC. Obviously, this staff doesn't feel that way because it was common knowledge that OU's about to go into the SEC, right? Like, I don't know. I guess I take quite a bit that there is a security in staying at Clemson Still a top-five program right now, playing in the ACC. You stay out there, you're going to win a lot of games, and there's security in that. They must have really seen something in the OU job that they've liked to jump after the previous coach left and right on the heels of going into the SEC and jumping to the job when you, where you haven't won a national championship in over 21 years. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, they must have seen some real... Uh, potential's the wrong word because that makes OU sound like a mid-level job, but they must have seen something there thinking, yeah, I think we might be able to be the dudes that can that can get them over the hump. Well, you know, part of it is Oklahoma is, is a, a great job as a coach. It has been the most consistent program over the last 20 years. And with consistency comes job security. And I know there's – we often confuse these coaches for everyone on staff wants to be a head coach and wants to win a national championship. Well, it's more, it's more likely that everyone just wants some stability and, you know, a, a place where they can not – I don't mean settle in as far as like not attack your job, but feel comfortable as far as like putting down some roots. And, you know, and Oklahoma's a great program for that. But, but yes, I, you don't want to tie yourself to something that you believe is going to crash and burn. Text line, probably a mix of it being OU, but also Venables. People left Clemson for him just as much as they left for OU. He has an allure. That's true. 
I, I, the guys that worked with him at Clemson, for instance, Coach Bates, if Lincoln Riley was still here and offered Coach Bates the defensive line job. No chance. He's not, no he's chance. not coming to no, OU. No, 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 no. He's not leaving Clemson. He came to OU with Coach Venables because he believes in Coach Venables. So, yeah, there's definitely a lot of truth to that text message. I agree. All right, quick time out. More from the rush coming up. Hour number two rolls on. Stay with us. Cavens Construction, bringing you hour number two of The Rush. Emergency repairs, remodeling, roofing, water restoration, facility maintenance. Yeah, Cavens, they do it all. Give them a call today, Gary and the team. They'll be on it, 405-573-3048. Tulsa, you can reach them, 918-282-7612. Let's get to the Air Comfort Solutions text line, shall we? Mark in Newcastle's top ten all-time TV shows. Number one, Seinfeld. That one's hard to hate on. Number two is Cheers. Three is NYPD Blue. Four is Jag. Five is Impractical Jokers. Six is Dukes of Hazard. Seven is the A-Team. Eight is The Shield. Nine is Eastbound and Down. Ten, The Biddy Hill Show. Some of those I've never heard of. Some of them I've heard of and never seen. Some of those picks I love. That's a pretty wide-ranging list. I don't know that I could think of a, a top ten list. I don't think I could think of five TV shows that are worthy of me to rank in my top five. I, I just I haven't been that into TV. Yeah, you need to get back into TV. There's actually some good, good TV going on right now. Greg from Lawton apologizes for uh, day drinking. Um, shortened version of this. <laughs> I can't read everything. He really liked uh, Suzanne Summers on Three's Company. Well, actually. He said that Suzanne Summers was a poor man's uh, Farrah Fawcett. So yeah, I I think that was. Did she end up? Was she the one that ended up doing that uh, Total Gym commercial with? No, no, she's on. I think she's on like one of those. Um, oh, those channels that basically they just sell stuff all day. You know what I'm talking about? QVC. Yeah, I think Su- she's on QVC. I think so. Wow. I could be wrong. I, I'm not a loyal watcher of Q, QVC, but... I feel like she is. I could be wrong. Someone will definitely correct me on that, but I feel like she's on there. My wife and I were recently talking about how much we enjoy Teddy's personality and how he's going to be a super annoying old man one day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think that day has come. Uh, Bow seemed very happy Schmitty was back. Yeah, I didn't see that interaction, but oh, I'm, really? I, I'm going to guess that... Yeah, he's probably pretty happy as as we all are. Yeah, we've we've talked about it. I think you can Suzanne Summers used to do the Thigh Master. I guess that's what you're thinking. Thigh Master. Nice. Mm-hmm. I I think you can tie a direct line to when our offensive line started to slip with 
coach Jerry Schmidt's departure for uh, Texas A&M. But we'll see. And I don't know, is it as easy as flipping a switch whenever he gets back? Yes. I think there's some truth to that. Yeah, there, there, there really is. Um, I don't know. I, I am I'm fascinated to see because right now, and I'm sure the coaches echoed this, everyone's working their tails off. Everyone is bought in. It, it's easy for that to happen right now, isn't it? Everyone's optimistic about what the future may hold. But when you get out there in spring ball and maybe you don't get the reps that you wanted and maybe maybe you're getting coached harder than you have been and corrected in a in a different manner, well, then all of a sudden everyone starts feeling a little bit different about things. So I'm interested to kind of see how this spring plays out and and see if everything continues to be rosy up there. I think there will be a ton of really good buy-in, but I think there's – there's going to be some pushback, too, and I, I, we're not done with the transfer portal this spring. No, but we saw firsthand last night that everything is still rosy right now. Now, remember the tweet that was out on our station's accounts, the ref, on Twitter, and we talked about it a few times yesterday. The question was, it's been nearly three months since Britt Venables was hired at OU. What's one thing that's happened outside of the actual hire of Venables where you've said, yeah, this program is in better shape? Cody Jackson, who is a freshman wide receiver on the team last year, quote tweeted it and said, everything with four Gs. So (laughs) that's the situation that you're talking about, though. I mean, wide receiver, they're going to be tough to break through. We'll see if he has the, the same thoughts two months from now as he does right now, but at least at this very moment in early March, it's, He's saying, yeah, everything, everything is in better shape than what it was previously. Well, I and and I believe that. I do. I believe and, – and for some of the reasons I think it's better are things that were, in my opinion, not necessarily out of Lincoln's control, but s- – some stuff that he didn't have access to whenever he was here. I, the staff additions and how much bigger it's going to be, the, the, the guys that Venables brought in and new positions that he's created, all of that stuff helps, and it helps a ton clearing some of the coaches' plate on, on things that they have had to do in the past, and now they can really focus on being, being football coaches and recruiters. That's – those are the two things that that should be paying the bills, not all of the administrative stuff. And I mean, there, there's a lot of things that have been cleared off their plate, and I think that's going to make our coaches way better. That's just kind of awesome. A current player coming out and saying, "Yeah, everything's better than what it was previously." Yeah, <laughs> let's well, go. I, that's a way to get likes and retweets right there. Oh, there's no that, doubt. That, that kid's not dumb. Well, I'll say this now, I. Like I said about the buy-in, it's all there, right? And I think that I think Coach Venables at this point has a lot of credibility with his team. He's he's said a lot of stuff so far, and I think he's followed through on the things that he's told them that they're going to do, and 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 things that he he wants to do for them. But the other thing that he has told them is. 
there's going to be a whole new level of accountability. And if you don't do the things that you're supposed to, if you don't wear the right things to, to work out in, if you don't go to your classes, if your grades aren't where they're supposed to be, if you're not handling your business in, in the workouts, if you're not doing all of that stuff, you're not going to play. And previously, that wasn't the case. Like there was a lot of talk about everyone handling their business, and that's what you got to do to to be a, a player here and to, and to get on the field. But that follow through wasn't there. Oh yeah. So there's going to be a a lot of not maybe I shouldn't say a lot. There's going to be some guys that say, yeah, yeah, we've heard this before. I you know I had a you know five touchdowns last year. They're not going to take me on off the field. I'm telling you right now, it doesn't matter who you are. If you don't handle your your business, Coach Venables will not play you. Well, and, I I think we've seen that in a couple circle like the whole Caleb Williams situation, how they handled that, and they didn't really cater to him at all, mm-hmm. and they got a quarterback. What like the night that he announced his intention to the transfer portal? Yep. Yeah, you're right, dude. It doesn't matter who you are. And by the way, maybe in the long run, that's going to end up being a really good thing for OU. Um, someone who's very NIL focused and all that, like that just doesn't, he's a super talented quarterback, no doubt, but it's not exactly the right fit that it seems like they're looking for right now. What I love about Coach Venable's approach right now is he, he, and I'm sure he said all of this today, but I, the football stuff, we've got the football stuff. We've got talented players. We've got great coaches that know ball. The football stuff is going to be fine. I right now what is important is developing these players as far as accountability, uh being detail oriented, like living up to the expectation and the standard. Like in his opinion and I I buy into it. Like all of that stuff is the hard stuff. And if you nail all of that and you got a hundred guys on your roster that are on top of all of the details, the football stuff is going to take care of itself. And I'm a believer in that. And that's that's been the approach right now. And I'm I'm I just can't wait to see how it all plays out. Uh, text line, I love the video that was released by OU that had the players getting supplies to clean the locker room because they were leaving trash on the floor in meeting rooms. Enough said about the culture change. I guess I totally missed that one. Well, that was the one where he said that, but they went in there and got their like recovery equipment, right? Venables will have a better career as head coach than Lincoln Riley. Why is Venables getting access to more coaches, more money than Lincoln did? Well, because he was in a way better bargaining position than Lincoln was. When Lincoln was here and, you know, we're going to the SEC and he's asking for all of these extra resources that you're going to have to have to compete in that league – I think the response was, uh, I mean, we'll do that whenever we make that transition, but I, you know, we've had a lot of success with the way that we're doing it now. Why don't we just kind of maintain the status quo? And I think ultimately that was a big part of why Lincoln ended up leaving 
Well, when you're sitting there with all of a sudden no head coach and the guy you want is saying, I'll take the job, but I'm only taking it if I get this, 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 and this, well, you really don't have much of a choice now, do you? Yeah. Uh, last one before we hit a break. With Lincoln, it felt as if he wanted to wall off the program and let his coaching staff and program play football. With Brent, it feels like he has a better understanding of getting the whole community involved and asking for help from the outside. Totally agree with that. Someone tweeted me a picture. I'm trying to remember what event it was. I think it was last weekend, but... Uh, Brent was there. Uh, Art with the hearts, I guess. It benefits the OU Children's Hospital, and he's out there taking pictures with families and everything. He's just um, – he, he, know, he knows how to work it, man. I'll tell you what's interesting. He is right, – like all the stuff, all the different ways he's being pulled right now, like trying to implement all these different programs and, and you know, trying to coordinate offseason and trying to get – all of their offense and defense lined out and you know just all of the things that come with taking over a program and trying to get everything up to speed uh, none of it to him right now is overwhelming it's all like exciting like honestly exciting to be doing all of those things and that's a great mindset to have <laughs> frankly i wish i had that mindset uh, on a day-to-day -day basis yeah me too no, no, meaning I wish you had that mindset. Yeah, we all know what you meant, okay? Just want to make it clear to everyone. Quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We'll hit some things that caught my eye next. It is the rush on the ref. We call this segment What Caught Teddy's Eye. Let's get to it. Store number one is. First of all, quick shout out to our friends over at Roof Tech. Josh Tucker, former teammate of mine. Uh, he's He's been running things over there for a long time. They've got tons of experience, can handle any of your roofing needs. Uh, anything from easy, quick repairs to full roof replacements. Give them a call over at Roof Tech and let them, let them take care of you. Um, how about this? A pilot for JetBlue was uh, pulled from the cockpit yeah. after uh, some people noticed he was acting strangely. Blood alcohol, four times Jeez. the legal limit for pilots. Um, amazing, isn't it, that you got a guy stumbling into a jumbo airliner to fly a couple hundred passengers uh, across the country and he's sauced four times the legal limit that means that uh what he spent two hundred dollars on a bar tab in the air we know how much how expensive bar tabs in the airport are that's easily a two hundred dollar tab there's no doubt about it is it awkward if you wear your uh, captain's pilot suit <laughs> up to the make it a double up to the make bar it a double, boss. Uh, in, in the airport he claims it was from, it was in Buffalo, 
Uh, well, then, okay, we all get it yeah. now then. Yeah. He claims mm-hmm. it was from uh, a night out, not day of drinking. Yeah, yeah four times illegal limit. Uh, you can <laughs> you can sleep it off a little bit more than that. I'm not buying that. He much. must have been getting it on the night before, and that must have been like a 6 a.m. Yeah, flight. slept. Um, the NFL has agreed with the NFLPA, and they are dropping all, yes, all of their COVID-19 protocols. No longer does it even exist in the NFL. Where does it exist now? Uh, the, the White House dropped the mask mandate. The Pentagon dropped it. To, God, did California even drop their mask mandate? Yeah. Does anyone have a mask mandate anymore? Not in the probably U.S. New, I think probably some, like New Mexico or somewhere does. Yeah, but. some private businesses I think are still uh, desperately clinging on to that, and and New Zealand, New Zealand definitely does. Uh, they got some riots going on over there right now. Um, what do they have to riot about? Uh, government mandates. Hmm, interesting. Yeah. Um, I thought this was interesting. Uh, oil and gas prices have skyrocketed. West Texas inter- Intermediate, I think, was above $105 a barrel today, which is some of the highest it's been in a long time. Uh, lumber has tripled in price. Copper prices are soaring. I, the whole inflation thing may just be getting rolling, unfortunately. Kind of scary to think about, honestly. Yeah, um, especially with oil and gas prices. Isn't that where you probably think we're going to feel it the most immediately? Well, yeah, that and like groceries. Groceries, like not only are all of those things going up in price right now and harder to, to come by, we've seen the empty shelves. Just add the oil and gas to the shipping cost of all of those products. I mean, yeah, yeah, you're talking about everything going up. Yeah, You got any more? Nope, that's it. It could happen tomorrow. Experts know disaster upon disaster looms for the West Coast. No, they're not talking about another 4-8 and eight season for USC next year. <laughs> it's the elevators that worry earthquake engineering expert huh. Keith Porter the most. Scientists say a massive quake could strike the San Francisco Bay Area at any moment, and when it does... The city can expect to be slammed with a force equal to hundreds of atomic bombs. What? <laughs> hundreds of atomic bombs? That's what it says. USA Today is the source here. That seems to be the most dramatic thing that I've ever heard. Now, I'm not downplaying the severity of earthquakes, but uh, 100 atomic bombs... Have has this guy seen what a atomic bomb did to cities eighty years ago? No, I don't think so. Hundreds of them, though, will uh, strike the San Francisco Bay Area. So, oh, sorry man. if you're out there. I, you know what? Honestly, I feel like if if L.A. or San Francisco got hit with one of those bad earthquakes that they've had in the past. I think there would be uh, – I know there's already people leaving California in droves, but if that happened in one of those cities – See I, ya! I think people would be like, uh, and we're done here. 
<sighs> Victimhood mentality. It is alive and well yeah. right now. And the latest is Jackson Mahomes. He was claiming that the media is, quote, destroying my life, end quote. <laughs> Jackson, um, I'm sorry, bro. I just, this is not the right space where anyone is going to feel sorry for you. Here's the thing. I, I, do, I, under, I, I understand that like social media and when something goes bad and you're getting a heavy amount of backlash, it feels like the world is caving in. I can understand that. But you do not enter that realm of attention-seeking if whenever you're getting attention but not for what you wanted it, I, you're going to just like all of a sudden start blaming everyone. You entered that arena, right? So I don't want anyone to be uh, like obviously really, really bad, but you know, I, I don't. A lot of that sympathy He's you're not going to get. He's created the situation for yeah. this to exist, 100%. At last one that I have, and this is a little random, but Notre Dame has the number one recruiting class for 2023. We yeah, talked about right. the impact that Marcus Freeman's going to have, all that. You will never guess who currently, and it's early on in the process, who currently has the number two overall recruiting class in 2023. Um, Arkansas? With 13 commits. Texas Tech has the number two recruiting class right now. Four four stars and nine three stars. And again, it is very early on in the process, but they get a they got a four star edge player, a four star safety, a four star athlete, and a four star corner. So not just a bunch of quarterbacks and wide receivers. Joey McGuire, huh? And I'm telling you, he he may be the best recruiter. I. Definitely the Big 12 has ever seen. And he get like, some of these guys are four stars and, like, some of their three-star guys, a lot of them are the the diamonds in the rough that he knows all of those high school coaches in the state of Texas. And these are the guys that aren't getting the big attention out there from some of the, the top-tier schools, but they're guys that, High school coaches are telling him this kid is going to be a dude and he's going to develop. We saw that all unfold at Baylor. So, no, I, I'm – I don't think he's going to end up with the number two recruiting class, but no. could he end up with the top 20 or top 15 recruiting class? At the pace that he's on, absolutely, 100%. That'll, yeah. that'll move the needle out there in Lubbock if he's able to pull that off. This guy could really parlay himself into a good job if he, if he uh, wins at Tech. Yeah. Let's see here. I here is like Florida last year had in for the for the twenty two class they had eighteen commits, seven four stars, or uh, yeah seven four stars and eleven three stars. I Texas Tech is knocking on the. They already the, have thirteen and four four stars. Yeah, right. they're knocking on the door of that type of a class right there and. You know, I guess maybe those don't always translate, but I would say at this point, if if he keeps those guys and they don't decommit or whatever, he's going to have a top 25 class, and who knows how high it could get. Tech has the number two class. Arkansas has the number three class. Baylor has the number six class. Iowa has the number eight class. OU sitting at 15 right now. Yeah. 
Um, Big recruiting weekend coming up on uh, Saturday, though. It's huge, and Oklahoma is taking a much more deliberate approach than they have in the past. Uh, I expect some of those things to really start ramping up for Oklahoma uh, you know, as the spring unfolds in, in the summer as well. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We'll wrap up hour number two next. Cavens Construction, bringing you hour number two of the rush on this Thursday. Let's uh, pop through the text line as quickly as possible. This is going to be an interesting ride here, so buckle up. Can we make sure Nancy Pelosi is in San Francisco during that earthquake? There's one. Uh, everything's going up except my income. <laughs> Pilot was .19 at 6.30 a.m. No, he did not get any sleep. Do you think Russia's invasion of Ukraine is due to the mask mandates? Uh, why is OU spring ball starting so late compared to other teams? Uh, that's one I think we can uh, address. I think that because they're implementing a new offense and a new defense, because they're implementing a new strength staff, they have a lot of work that they need to get done as far as all of that stuff goes. I think pushing it back and condensing it once they start is the best option to get a lot of work in beforehand. All right, quick timeout, final hour of the rush coming up next.